daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello and welcome to The Sound of the Pit, the podcast where I only gamble with my life, never my money. Um, God, I have no idea. Zohan? Is that Zohan? No, it's from The Mummy from 1999. Oh, it's nice. a Rick O'Connell quote. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I was just saying to you before we started that I have a really bad stomachache. <laughs> I keep <laughs> rushing off to the toilet every two minutes and I've had a very long day. And yesterday I took my sister back to university. I did a round trip at midnight. So I got back at like Ooh. three in the morning. So I'm feeling insane. Oh, you left at midnight? Yeah, I left at midnight. My sister had been watching Black Flag with my brother. And then, yeah, I had to do a massive round trip. Uh, so I'm feeling a bit mental today, to be honest. What a stupid time to leave. <laughs> right. Okay. The gig ended at midnight. She had a presentation today at Lincoln. Not the best time to go for a gig then, is it? I know, that's what I said. But then she offered me 40 quid, so I was like, yeah, all right. A punk go. lifestyle. You took money off your sister to give her a lift? Yeah, I took money off my fucking sister to get, give her a lift. What, do you think I'm made of money? Do you think oh. petrol comes out of me like fluid? No, but oh, it's just a shame. Oh, shut up, you horrible, horrible man. What? What's if um, you... How are you? I mean, I guess you'll you'll have your money even if you don't have the love of your family. I don't um, need the love of my family. <laughs> just need money. Like you're forty pounds, <laughs> sweet sweet forty pounds. Um, I'm good. We haven't even introduced what what this podcast. Oh, is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the Sandler Pit. We're a podcast where every couple of weeks we talk about uh, and review different Adam Sandler films, TV shows, and appearances. Uh, this is our first one in how long? Two months. I don't know. It depends when we release this, but yeah, it's after a bit of a break. Yeah, bit of a Did break. Did we say there's a chance we're going to like release this, and then the next episode might not be two weeks straight after? I can't remember. We're I busy, busy boys. <laughs> well, one of us is. <laughs> um, uh, how are you then? What have you been doing? I'm good. I've been working on a animal related TV show, and I think I told you already, but I got like bitten by a badger the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it bite you? What did you do to it? Try to touch it. I mean, why, like, um, what context? Can you give any of that away or will it be in the show? Well, it was like a, um, a, a wildlife sanctuary. And so there's this badger and these people were talking about like, oh, yeah, we rescued her when she was a year old or something like that. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, she's grown up around humans. The woman who we were speaking to was like laying on the floor with her in like a doll's house, like putting her head on the badger's belly, tickling it. Then everyone else I was filming with was like stroking the badger. Sounds like a euphemism. But <laughs> then I was like, all right, well, I'll stroke the badger. I'm quite like, I'm not scared around animals. I quite like them. But like something like that, that's a wild animal. I was a bit, I'm not going to do that. And then when everyone else was doing it, I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll touch the badger then. And uh, I think because I was wearing gloves, it didn't like that. So it like bit my hand. He bit through gloved hand though. No, so it didn't bite through it and it didn't like it didn't breach the skin or anything like that. There was no blood. It was literally just like this badger just tried to like play nip me. Uh... You know, like when you play with like a dog and whatever. But um yeah, so luckily I didn't need like a rabies shot or a tennis jab or anything. Could you describe 
could you describe your approach to the badger? So were you standing upright and then like immediate arm down on it? Or I was crouched. I was crouched to their level. I then, can't. Um, had a camera in one hand, which probably looked a bit threatening. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I can't imagine you around animals. That's why why I'm quite um, surprised at your new venture into the animal kingdom. Imagine me around animals. What does that mean? You just have like an aura about you of a man who doesn't like animals. <laughs> I love animals. I grew up grew up with dogs. Yeah, but just I would you call? <laughs> Way. I wouldn't no, call I'm your. Your dog that you own a dog though is it? It's more like a rat. Nah, she's all right. She's not bad. I don't own her anyway. She's fine. She's a fine <laughs> animal. She's not my favourite of the dogs we've had. <laughs> you've but... met some. You've met some crazy animals though. The last few weeks, you I saw you with a picture of a snake. I held a snake. It wasn't like a big snake or anything, but I held it nonetheless. It was um, pretty cool. What else we filmed with camels? Drank some camel milk That's straight awesome. from the udder. Um... <laughs> What about that little deer? You only had one other, which was weird. What? Yeah, just one other. <laughs> so I was just like shaking it and shaking what? it, and then finally I got the <laughs> I've heard sometimes with the one other... Incredibly sore. Right. <laughs> a delicacy in some parts of the country. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw you with a deer. Yeah, I saw you with a deer. That was the same place as the badger. They had a deer as well. Cool. I saw Your you with a parrot. Deer. Yeah. You're a producer. I'm a director now. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. To this, I'm like the the second director. Ah. Uh, DV director. That's nice. They call me. I don't know what it stands for. Yeah. I was I was listening to a podcast with Ryland the other day. He was like giving loads of props to the runners and the and stuff and how I'm not a runner. I know you're not a runner. <laughs> for fuck's sake, I haven't worked you start my, doing my that. little nads off to be referred to as a runner. <laughs> no, but he was saying that all the runners that he had when he first started are now his producers and his directors and stuff. I worked with him when I was a runner. Did you? Oh, why are you yeah. not his producer? He said all of them are his producers now. I don't know. I just haven't had the chance again. Big brother got cancelled, didn't it? Was he alright? Yeah, he was fine. Nice bloke, actually. He used to drive everywhere in a golf cart. Like golf buggy. What down the M1? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, down the high street. <laughs> no, it was around um, L Street where the Big Brother house was. Oh, right. Okay. You just did look at. <laughs> you turn around and zoom <laughs> on a golf buggy. <laughs> I love him. I think he's becoming a national treasure. He was uh, great. Yeah, he's, he's really great. Good. He should become the, the, the main host of this morning. There, I said it. I want him to host Big Brother when it comes back. Definitely. Yeah. He definitely needs to do that. Is it been announced that it's coming back? Yeah, it's been announced. It's it's on like at the end of this year, I think. Right. Okay. But yeah, they've got a game back. He's yeah, quality, definitely. great stuff. Anyway, that was the interview of Luke Terry. <laughs> that was the longest intro that we've ever done, and it was just all about me. God, so feel really privileged. Do you know who else should feel privileged? Fraser, Brendan Fraser. Yes. Uh, so today's episode. We are doing something a little bit different because we've already watched the film before we do the intro. Um, I feel like we've done that our last three episodes, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> like you say different. we're doing something special. We haven't stuck to our <laughs> format in ages. The hardcore fans are going to be hating this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is a special about Brendan Fraser, the career of the actor Brendan Fraser, who we have already seen in Airheads. Have we seen him in anything else? I don't think so. It's quite a tenuous link. <laughs> That weekend, which we call the birth of the um, the podcast, just before 
lockdown 2020 mm-hmm. where we watched loads of Adam Sandler films. I watched The Mummy in your living room whilst you were in bed. <laughs> yeah, no, I could just hear it through the wall. I didn't really like that film that much. I could just hear it and I was getting annoyed at it. <laughs> you're going to watch any Brendan Fraser thing. I don't know why you weren't watching Furry Vengeance. Well, let's start off with our experience with the actor. Uh, what's your kind of history of Brendan Fraser? I feel like we probably went into this already on the Airheads episode, but it was just like he was, I think, to like our age group, probably what like maybe The Rock is now. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like Everyone just kind of knew him. He was like a, a surefire thing. If you saw him in a film, you're like, oh, this guy's going to be likable. It's kind of like an easy sell. It's like when you're a kid, you're like, you want to see a Brendan Fraser film, I think. George of the yeah. Jungle was a good one. I was really into Tarzan. So when that came out, I was... I was into it. I loved Did you admire, admire the pastiche and <laughs> yeah. it was quite a nuanced take on it when I was like six years old. But no, I loved it. I loved that bit when he like hits the tree. Yeah, but that's the only bit I can remember. My head. And doesn't uh, the Sandman from Spider-Man 3 like land in a big pile of poo? Again, I think a lot of the Brendan Fraser films I've seen, I, I saw when I was, I don't know, four, five so I don't really remember any of them. I remember like liking him quite a lot and um, liking him in the Looney Tunes back in action film. Did you yeah, that, that was good. That's a really underrated one. Yeah, I watched what that about, in um, Did you ever watch Monkey Bone? No, I haven't seen Monkey Bone. What's that? So he's like a cartoonist who has this character called Monkey Bone, which is kind of like, what do you compare it to? Kind of like Deadpool, I guess, but it's a monkey, like a cartoon monkey. And... Um, it's like, you know, references everything and stuff. One of those kind of characters, like self, uh, breaks full forward and all that stuff. And then I think he gets hit on the head and he wakes up in the world of the cartoon that he made or something like that. Is it animated or? It's like live action with, I feel like it's like kind of stop motion, but I loved it. I knew it was bad because my, like, my parents and stuff were like, this is terrible when we used to put it on. But, um, me and my sister rented it from Blockbuster like 20 times. <laughs> and you always, always watch Monkey Bone. <laughs> Monkey Bone. God, I've not even heard of that. You know when there's just like a film that you're the only person that knows? That's how I feel about that film. Yeah, that's me with Evolution and Annabelle's Wish. Is it even real, Monkey Bone? Now that I've said it. Yeah, no, it's not. real. Black comedy fantasy film. It's rude as well. That's why I liked it. It's really rude. Oh, it's only 12. <laughs> a box oh my office god, we bomb. could watch it for the sound of it because the voice of Monkey Bone is John Turturro. <laughs> oh, god. oh my god, yes, we've we've never done one where I've suggested we watch it. <laughs> it's always you like, oh my god, watch Barnyard. <laughs> oh my god, so many people are in this. What Bob do you Odenkirk? What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Every film we've done has been your what you want to do, you, you prick. No, every non-Sadler one is you. Oh, yeah, director because... Henry Selick. See, look, this is why I like this. I think he, like, breaks all of the bones in his body at one point. Right, or we'll someone does. Bone. Yeah, look, this guy's like the organ donor. Look at him. Oh, God. It reminds me a little bit of, like, Men in Black and that kind of, like, gross late 90s, the mask, that kind of... I don't know how to explain it. Everything's a bit grotty. Yeah, I know, the, I know what you mean. That vibe is kind of... Um very grim yeah let me, let me have a look at that monkey bone it's got a solid 4.8 on imdb <laughs> oh god i'm really nostalgic for monkey bone all of a sudden and i know that revisiting it won't be good it looks a little bit like um 
Master of Disguise. Master of Disguise, yeah. yeah. I mean, on Letterboxd, it's got some good reviews. Yeah, I'd be giving it a five, that's for sure. Oh, God. Similar films, The Cat in the Hat and Being John Malkovich. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll it's watch like a this. Venn diagram of me. I'm in the middle of that, I think. When we start doing Beyond Sandler, we can do that. That sounds lovely. Evolution and then Monkey Bone. Yeah, back to back. And when the wind blows. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for that in a year. Bloody hell. <laughs> what a year that'll be. But yeah, I've, I just always liked him and stuff and got the vibe he was a good guy. And apparently that is what everyone seems to say, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of the testament that we've heard in a lot of things about how nice he is and, and stuff. And obviously he had about 10 years, of, 10, 20 years of like relative ob- obscurity and has made a comeback this year with The Whale, a film that I've seen. Have you seen it yet? I've not. It's not out in the UK, is it? No, I went. I saw it at the London Film Festival. In Sheffield. In, in Sheffield, which was very weird. They did the London Film Festival in, in multiple cities in the UK, and they did one in Sheffield. Uh, and all of them were pretty chill. You could go. So I watched Banshee's Vinashirin. I watched The Whale. And it was just like a normal like cinema thing. And then I watched Glass Onion and there were bouncers in there. <laughs> yeah, I remember you said about that. That's so yeah. weird. And at the point where trailers usually <clears throat> were playing, they were playing like um, a red carpet event. And yeah. Ryan Johnson was there. So I took a photo of the screen just to send to like my friends. Like, oh, I'm at the Glass Onion premiere thing. And like three bouncers like got around me. It was like, turn that off, turn that off right now, turn that off, oh, we're, we're kicking so you weird. out, pal, we're kicking you out. So, so weird. Really aggressive. <laughs> I can understand why you would take a photo of that, but I've really noticed lately people love taking a photo of the screen at the cinema. Yeah, I find that weird. Um, I went to watch um, Avatar 2 again the other day, and um, there was a bloke <laughs> in front of me, yeah? At the start of the film, he took a photo of it when it's got like the BBFC certification card, which is like people always do that in Enfield for some reason. I don't know why. Someone did it for bloody M3 Gan the other day, which I thought was a bit odd. But yeah, so this guy did that first in Avatar. I let it slide. <laughs> I was like, fine. Then the first scene when they go to the water and like, you know, go underwater and stuff. Yeah. He starts filming it on his phone. But we were watching it in IMAX 3D. So it was like blurry on his phone. It'd need to wear free. Well, it wouldn't even work. You wouldn't be able to do that, I don't no. Yeah. And then, worst of all, final battle comes around three hours later after the first bit of filming he did. He starts FaceTiming a baby. <laughs> 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 Genuinely, I see a little baby's head in the, cor- uh, in the corner of my eye on his phone. <laughs> and then I see the screen of the film in the corner of his, like, of his phone. And the- yeah, he was FaceTiming a little baby. Showing, showing them the action scene from Avatar. <laughs> I think cinema. It, your cinema, no offence, is the worst cinema in the world. I hate it's, that one in Enfield. No, it's not, though. The thing is, the actual cinema itself is great. Like, when there's no one there, perfect. But it's the people. I've never had these kind of people. And I live in Sheffield. And I've never had this kind of experience. I think Stinny Worlds and stuff do just the... draw in those crowds, though. Because like I've been to ones in... We went to that one in Wales and watched Halloween with Jack. Do you remember those people like, I would just fucking take his head off? <laughs> Whatever yeah. he was saying. Oh, yeah, man. I can't do Welsh. Why is he wearing a mask? <laughs> oh, what's that fella doing over there? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that in the jacket? <laughs> Why does he think he's, who does he think he is doing that on that street now? Oh, it's that there, Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and then as well, I've been in like other ones. I went to one in Edinburgh and watched um, Hereditary. 
And when the girl's head came off, they're all laughing. And all these Scottish people were like, she was fucking ugly anyway. <laughs> I was like, what? That's a kid. That's <laughs> so horrible. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what it is. I have really bad luck with cinema audiences. Really anyway, scary. I think this is the most unhinged episode we've ever done. Sorry, but, yeah. I mean, it's understandable. It's a, a Brendan Fraser special yeah. on our Adam Sandler podcast. And it's Oscars season, so we're quite excited. The Whale I watched, uh, and it's... An amazing film. It's very, very depressing. At the time of recording, we've just had the Best Picture nominees and and kind of all the Oscar nominees. Um, I think it's only been nominated just for Best Actor, right? And I think so, yeah. Actress. Or I think there might have been three nominations for it, but I think two of them were like the technical ones. Right. I think Hong Chow's been nominated for Best Supporting Actress as well. She's very yeah, good. Yeah, that's right. She was in The Menu. And then Brendan Fraser, yeah, uh, for Best Actor which was good foresight on our half because we've been planning this for ages. I know, yeah. It's the same with Imagine our, if we'd not been nominated. That'd have been so A real boys one as well. Imagine we purposely like <laughs> did the Guillermo del Toro one ready for like award season as well. Uh, I'm surprised that that hasn't got like best picture nomination and stuff as well. I mean, not that I've seen it, so I don't know how good it actually is. I mean, but... I, mean I really liked it. I guess you could argue that it's quite similar to a play uh, in some ways. It's not massively cinematic it all takes place in just this one guy's flat and it is very good and very depressing but i think the main thing about it is his performance which is absolutely incredible and he's really really good he's got like a a fat suit on but it doesn't feel like yeah it's not like a joke is it like yeah it's not a joke and i think he's he mentions that in one of the interviews we watch for this Mm. episode as well where he just said he didn't want it to be like a joke like i don't know like norbit or something he makes it quite serious in the round table one i think it was like he said in both oh he said it in both (laughs) yeah and he's like sat opposite adam sandler (laughs) all the things adam sandler's done (laughs) it's quite funny so where shall we start with this episode do you think yeah, we're, we're covering three things. We're covering the, like we just mentioned, the round table, which is, what is it, Hollywood Reporter? I think so, yeah. And then there's like a variety one with him and Adam Actors Sandler. on actors, yeah. yeah. And then also we're covering the 1990s classic uh, Encino Man, <laughs> starring Paulie Shaw. Our old friend Paulie Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I've weaseled in a way to include the weasel. He's harsh the wheeze into it. That one, I was quite annoyed when we were first going to do it. And then, like, when I saw Sean Astin was in it as well. Yeah. He's technically a Sandler guy. We've seen him in, like, three or four of these films now, haven't we? I mean, if we're going by it, all of these three main characters in that film have all been in Adam Sandler films. There's enough. <laughs> and you've also got uh, Kei Kwan, who was short round in Indiana Jones, but has been in Everything Everywhere all at once this year uh, and has been also nominated for an Oscar. So this is perfect timing. For yeah, we've really, we've really done some good stuff here. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Academy are really going to love this episode. <laughs> um, I think they don't do podcast awards. I don't know which one you want to go through first. Um, maybe actors and actors. Yeah, because I feel like there's not so much to say about that. I mean, I watched both of those interviews and didn't take a single note. So <laughs> I took like a few notes. I took literally, I think, ten words for the roundtable one. Yeah, but yeah. The actors and actors one is obviously uh, Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler uh, interviewing each other. What did you think on actors and actors? I think I preferred that one just because it was just the two of them. They've got a really good relationship. I really want them to work together again, basically. Yeah, was, me too. That was the main takeaway I had from it. I really liked that one because 
they're obviously doing it because it's award season coming up. And it was, was that one about 35 minutes long or something like that? Yeah, something like that. And they spent a good chunk of it just talking about airheads. <laughs> I was really like, you know, they, they want them there because of these awards performances, but they're just talking about this little film from the 90s that, I mean, I don't know if it's just in, in Britain, really. You wouldn't have really heard of that one. Yeah. It, it kind of felt a bit of an obscure film. So it was quite nice to see them going into it that much, talk about how much they loved it. Kind of made me want to rewatch it for this, but... Yeah, me too. Made me like nostalgic for a film I remember not really caring for. Yeah, I didn't like it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was quite nice in general. I think Brendan Fraser's he kind of was like noting things from the film and quite really well remembered like things that happened. I think they mentioned like Steve Buscemi having like that fake tattoo sleeve, and then he mentioned uh, Steve Buscemi's child and how yeah. old they were. And he like knew their name and everything. Yeah, yeah, and it was really nice. I was like, yeah. oh, it's. it's quite nice that level of the detail and stuff you don't really see mm. all the time yeah i love that and he said that he's got like their tape he's still got it the tape yeah. that they had in the in the film yeah he just seems so so nice doesn't he yeah i think there's a really good quote in this which i saw before i watched the interview which is where he do, he says like adam sandler doesn't want to be interviewed and he's been given a bunch of questions so he was just going to mm. answer them for him and then he just like rushes through these questions and what advice he'd probably give to a young actor and whatever. And then it goes on to how does it feel playing underdogs? And he says like he doesn't play underdogs, he plays champions that are overlooked. Yeah. That's such yeah, a good I really like liked that. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good like off the cuff expression of all these kind of films. It's really good nice. Yeah. It is mostly true as well, I suppose, for most of the most of the films, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. He's a hero by the end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't have much to say about it. It's it's a really nice interview. If anyone wants to see it, it's all on YouTube. I really want Paul Thomas Anderson as well to make a film with Brendan Fraser after that. Yeah, I feel like he is back now, surely, after this. You couldn't have this big campaign and everyone saying how much they love him and whatever. I mean, it's weird because he was going to be the villain in, is it Batgirl? Yeah, yeah. They just like scrapped the entire film. So that was going to be one of his, I guess, big performances and big comebacks and stuff. Not that... I don't know if that film was ever going to be like a massive hit or whatever, because I think it was a streaming movie, but it would have been good to see him in it. Just want him to do some comedy and some light stuff as well, as dramatic performances, though. Yeah, I do hope he ends up back in the fold with Adam Sandler's uh, stuff, because they, yeah, they had really nice rapport. Mm. It was just a really nice interview. Yeah, Um, you got the vibe that they were still good friends and stuff, because I've seen interviews with Adam Sandler before, like... um, I think he was on Graham Norton once and it was like a really weird, awkward interview. Yeah. This time he was quite, seemed pretty natural and just chilling. (laughs) I think even more so than he was when we saw him on the Norm MacDonald podcast. Yeah, he was a little bit awkward on that. But on this, it was just like being with two friends. Uh, I think you can notice the difference between this and then when he's with people he, he doesn't know as well in the roundtable one which was the second interview we watched yeah. and he was a little bit more reserved and, and quiet mm-hmm. and stuff whereas Brendan Fraser's still just like playing the room on that one isn't he? Oh yeah he's he's lovely in that. Yeah it's a lovely again and really nice video I, I do like those most years I think I remember watching the Adam Sandler one where he was talking about Uncut Gems so that was like oh, what, 2019 yeah. I mean I understand getting him in those actor on actor ones but the roundtable one I was a little bit like because it said all the all the films that they're there for. Mm. Obviously, you've got Austin Butler for Elvis. That's like a big performance. I didn't like that film very much. I thought he I was. I haven't fine seen that yet. 
but he needs to stop doing the voice now. He's like got a southern accent, but he, then he was like, "So I, w- I was coming down from LA." <laughs> it's like no one in LA speaks like the king. <laughs> That's like Does, not. Is that not his voice? No, he's like a Cause... Disney Channel kid with like a squeaky voice, but for some reason now he's talking like that all the time. I was going to say watched... bad about a depression. <laughs> I watched it with my housemate, and we were both like, "Whoa, that guy's got a, a voice I didn't expect on him." Yeah, because it's not his voice. Like he was like a Disney Channel actor. I saw an article the other day where it was like Austin Butler, you know, confirms that his voice hasn't changed or something like that. And do you remember High School Musical? Yeah. Remember Vanessa Hudgens, who was like the yeah, female yeah, legend. I think she had like had a relationship with him. He was like her ex or yeah. something. And she like quote tweeted the article and was just like LOL in capital letters, like very petty, but obviously That not... is petty. <laughs> <laughs> obviously it's Vanessa. not his voice. I'm searching on YouTube Austin Butler and it's got Austin Butler voice change. Let's hear a before and after. Little advert. You haven't watched Elvis yet? No, um, I've got it now because it's been nominated for Best Picture. You haven't got to. I also watched um, Tar yesterday and I saw the reviews that are incredible and I didn't like it. <laughs> I feel like yeah, an idiot. Yeah, I saw that. But that's how I feel a little bit about... Well, I do like it, but I, I didn't love Banshees of Inner Sheeran as much as I wanted to and expected to. It was still good, but I really like Elvis that one, isn't but... good though. I, I don't like Baz Luhrmann's films anyway, but that was a I, bad one. I haven't seen a Baz Luhrmann film I love I've liked. I love the man, but I didn't like the film. <laughs> Let's hear it. So I came out and I did that on a Monday, on my day off. So I flew, I basically went straight from the show to the airport, to Quentin's office, worked all day from I mean, about he's got a southern accent. 9 p.m. This video of Austin Butler is from 2019, before the shooting of Elvis started. So let's now watch Austin's video after the shooting of Elvis is over. It's, there's that thing where energy is neither created nor destroyed, and and it, you feel things that... Um, it's hard It's hard to actually put into language. Sounds yeah. the same. No, it's about five octaves deeper. His accent hasn't changed, but his voice... His voice the has tone. changed. But Maybe still... I should do that in, in the uh, still... podcast, talk a bit more like this. I, I'm not an expert so, in accents, but I feel like people in LA don't speak like that anyway, though, do they? I maybe don't he's know. not from LA. I have no maybe idea. Just, maybe he just lives there. I don't good. know. I wouldn't shows. know at all about that. <laughs> I wish I sounded like that. Yeah, really your sick. voice sucks. Do you know the <laughs> thing that... Um, <laughs> I, I think it was Bradley Cooper talking about when he's in um, A Star Is Born, said that like he had to make his voice deeper. And I think one of the techniques they did is just that you look down and that made his voice deeper. That made his voice deeper. Oh. So when he was singing, he was like looking down. Tell me something, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it works. If it's good enough for Brad, it's good enough for me. (laughs) But yeah, that was my main thing. I was just... You were just obsessed with Austin Butler's voice. (laughs) Yeah, because it took ages for him to talk. And then when he did talk, I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. But um, yeah, so obviously Austin Butler's there for Elvis, big performance, big film. The Whale, Brendan Fraser, massive performance again. And then Banshees of Inisherin, that's still another one that like a lot of people are talking about. And the Everything Everywhere All at Once one as well. Okay, fine. Quite quite, yeah. I, I hadn't heard of the film that the other young guy was in. Uh, Jeremy, Pope. Jeremy um, Pope. Yeah, I've not heard of that either. It looked quite I? good from what they showed of it. I've made like really um, a concerted effort to watch pretty much everything that's come out this year. I'm watching so many things. I haven't even seen Elvis. Elvis. Fuck off. 
<laughs> I know everything you're going to say before you say it, you prick. I haven't seen Elvis, though, have you, son? <laughs> I haven't seen Elvis. But yeah, and then you had Adam Sandler was there for Hustle, which we watched, we liked. Mm. I'd say it's a good film, but I kind of never really thought it would get like an Oscar nomination. No. And it didn't. It hasn't got any awards nominations, really. I'm sure there are some, but like not the big award shows. I think it kind of lost its um, relevancy pretty quick because they released it kind of so it long way ago. too early, didn't it? It wasn't really come out April this season. Yeah, it was a good performance. Like it yeah. is one of his best ones. But I don't know. I just feel like most people probably knew that it wasn't going to get that much like clout. But it kind of felt strange having him here in these videos. Yeah, other actors are the actors roundtables. Are they always? men in them yeah i think they've got act like a male one yeah. and a female one the actresses round table who who got and nominated for... actors but at the oscars it's best actor best actress i know that they're still actors but is that what they call that round table i guess so i don't know but then i, I saw know. some people that in the female one were like non-binary so really yeah, yeah. i think so so i don't know but so they um... didn't get they didn't get paul mescal and bill nye they're the other two best actor nominees yeah, I mean, maybe that's like a country thing because they're both British, but, you know, maybe they, they couldn't fly over for it. Yeah, that's and Then true. again, they got Elvis there from Beyond the Grave. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it they was... used all their budget on him, didn't they? And they were like, oh, fuck it, we'll get Sandler in. Yeah, I think the best parts of that, because Adam Sandler didn't really say much or do much. No, he was uh, quite quiet, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, there was a few um, times where I caught him looking at, in awe at Colin Farrell, though. Oh God, I mean, he really who wouldn't? fancied him, didn't he? He wouldn't. <laughs> like every time he was speaking, I was like, "Oh my God, this this guy's so charismatic." <laughs> yeah, I do really like him. I went. I I remember always thinking that I didn't like him. Yeah, me too. In the past, I don't know. It's because like some of the films that he did were a bit ropey. I love the mention of uh, Alexander, a film I started when I was a kid, and then gave up because i was so bored and then he, he was saying like he was like getting ready to buy his tuxedo for the oscars and then he <laughs> bombed really bad oh god yeah that was funny he's had a good year hasn't he the batman yeah after yang was it i haven't i still haven't watched that but i've heard that's really good i haven't watched it, it looks amazing and then obviously banch has been a sharing really good year did the batman get nominated for anything yeah it got some technical ones oh. what about as well when Colin Farrell's talking about Brendan Gleeson and he's like saying about how they look different. He really teeters on the line of being like, I'm a handsome man and he's not very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> he's old and rough looking. <laughs> it was like really close to that. I know. I feel like when I'm not in the room, that's how you describe me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're two very different looking men, but we come together. <laughs> different upbringings, different, different lifestyles, <laughs> different hair. One of us has hair. <laughs> I have hair on my chin where yeah, you, you wish you could grow. <laughs> I've got some. I think I've got a bit of like a, a little finger. Oh, every time I look at that, it makes me sick and depressed. <laughs> <laughs> what? Your chin. Hair. Your chin and your hair. It's a bit flat today. It's short. That's why. I've have you cut it all down? Do what I want with it, can't I? Oh, my God. It'll come back. I prefer it when it's like the pompadour, like a huge, huge it, hair. It can still go like that, but I've been wearing a hat today, so it's at half mast. <gasps> You should definitely have Elvis hair. <laughs> shall I? Shall I grow it into Elvis hair? I want you to dye it black. And, and I'll start doing it. the voice as well. Can you grow like, oh my God, you'd look great with Elvis hair. 
Oh, hello there. Hello. Welcome to the Sound of the Pit podcast with me. <laughs> hello. One of the other highlights of the roundtable was uh, Kihoi Kwan, who was in this, and he was very, very cute and very, very sweet. Yeah. Feels very weird to be saying that about a man who's like 30 years older than us, but yeah. he, is, he is the sweetest man around. He's so cute, isn't he? Um, yeah. And if you pair that with Brendan Fraser, it's literally like having like a cinnamon bun in the shape of two people. <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> so nice. They are incredibly nice. And he even mentions how like Brendan Fraser, like uh, he'd not seen him in a long time since Encino Man, because they're both in that together, mm-hmm. which was very weird to see. Obviously, like thirty years, and then watching the roundtable interview. Yeah, um, did you watch both of these before you watched Encino Man? I watched it after. Oh, okay. So I watched them before, and I was like, both of these these videos are so like lovely. Really nice to see Brendan Fraser. And then we watched the film. I think I did it the wrong way around because I went in like, oh, I actually love all of these guys. <laughs> then, uh... <laughs> Do you want to get into the film now? Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Link and I are cruising the mountain, bro, and we figure we's a little juice. So, Encino Man, a 1990-something. When did it come out? I think it's 92. 1992, I I also think so. Yeah, so 1992 comedy film uh, starring Sean Astin, and, and Sean Astin is playing a teenage boy who is digging a gigantic, huge pool in his garden that is enormous and... For some reason, his parents just are just letting him dig up this massive pool. Yeah, you see it filled with water at the end as well. Not to, not to go into spoilers too much, but like it doesn't look like they put like a tarp down or tiles or anything. It's just mud. It's just mud. It would immediately the whole hole would collapse immediately. Yeah. It looks like it's b- bubbling. Like <laughs> he'd waterlog the rest of the garden, wouldn't he? If he put water in that. Yeah. So he plays this guy called Dave, um, and Dave is a bit of a rubbish nerdy man and him and his uh, friend Stoney who's played by Paulie Shaw uh, end up actually digging up a caveman yeah (laughs) (laughs) they do what did you think of uh, Encino man well I thought I was gonna really hate it and I kind of didn't I didn't like it I don't want to go as far as to pretend that I would ever watch this again or think about it or whatever but like because I think we saw Paulie Shaw is dead and it was painful, <laughs> like genuinely painful. One of the worst films ever. Yeah. And that's not even exa- like an exaggeration. But in this, I actually didn't mind it. It was all right. It wasn't like it didn't really make me laugh and it's quite outdated and whatever. But this belongs in that sort of genre of films like Weird Science, yeah, Mannequin. Yeah. The only time you'd ever hear about this film is if it's on, like, in the UK, like, Channel 5 on a Sunday at 5 o'clock. Yeah. And, and in no the one U- really watches it. And in the UK, it wasn't even called Encino Man. It was called California Man. Which is understandable, because what is yeah. Encino? <laughs> I thought there. I thought Encino was something to do with being a... Volcano being, or something. <laughs> yeah, being, like, a Neanderthal. And then yeah. it's the place. I was like, all oh, right. Yeah, it's like a, a part of California, I guess. But yeah, like, I didn't love it. It just kind of happened, but it didn't annoy me as much as I expected. And Paulie Shaw didn't annoy me as much as I expected him to. And if you've listened to any of our other episodes, you'll know that we're not, like, 
big fans of just like general like 90s MTV 90s comedies terrible um teenagers saying things like radical and like punching each other and wearing shorts <laughs> and stuff like <laughs> not very us um and this has all of that stuff but like i didn't find it particularly grating it kind of just don't know if it's because we haven't watched one of these films for a couple of weeks or whatever but yeah kind of fine no no big <laughs> no big reaction from me really <laughs> How about you? What was your Encino Man slash California Man experience? Yeah, this is pretty boring, isn't it? Because I've got pretty much the same. A pretty yeah. boring flat. Uh, five out of ten, like, pretty all right. I don't really care about watching it again. I didn't think it was amazing. Mm. Um, there were a few bits which I did find quite good. I didn't find anything that bad, to be honest. I was quite surprised. Yeah. I, and I think the first 45 minutes, I was genuinely having a really good time. I think <laughs> I, think I was... Maybe in shock because I was expecting this to be dreadful mm. uh, because of how bad Paulie Shore is dead was. But I was having a really, really fun time for a fair amount of this. And I was like, I really like the build up to them thawing out the man and kind yeah. of learning these who these two guys are. And then when the guy thaws out, that's a really fun sequence when he's kind of doesn't know what's going mm. on. And then he um, kind of loses the caveman this, doesn't he? And then it kind of takes a bit of a dip. Yeah, I think the problem with, let's say, if because there's so many of these films where they have like a friend who's not human or whatever. Yeah. So they have like an alien or a robot or a whatever. Mm-hmm. The problem here is that it's just a, a sexy man. Yeah. Like once, once you remove the hair and everything and the mud, he's just a sexy, beautiful man. Yeah, perfect teeth. <laughs> yeah. He needed the big brow. <laughs> Yeah, they say he's the missing link, but he's not. He's literally just like a model. He's a beautiful, gorgeous man who can't speak. Yeah, yeah, that's all there is to it. He even has got the right vocal cords and stuff somehow because yeah. he's like talking and stuff. I mean, I watched a video and it was like, how far back in time would you have to go? Grab a baby, bring it back to the present, and it not just grow up to be like a caveman, like a hunched over caveman. But like most cavemen were like intelligent fit really strong and everything so they would adapt to language and modern culture fairly well so to be fair Encino Man is scientifically accurate accurate. (laughs) I won't have anything else said about it (laughs) except there's a big icicle underground yeah how much do you think from the start of this film how much do you think they wanted to call this film Cro-Magnon Man oh did you notice in the school scene that they said that phrase like eight times in like a minute and it was like written on the whiteboard and stuff and everything. Like, I reckon they definitely wanted this to be called that. And Pro the were like, what is that? Yeah. Because yeah. they like learn about the caveman and stuff, don't they? In class. On the I day mean... they just so happened to do yeah. that. <laughs> I don't know. That was fun for me. I liked that. You know what? I'm going to say something a bit controversial. I really like the name Encino Man. I think that's a really good title for a film. I really like saying it. I like the word Encino. I like the yeah. word man. There's it's, nothing wrong with it. Apart I like from not it. knowing what it is. Yeah, but... but like it is quite. I don't know. It's weirdly catchy. What would especially be the... when he's like shouting it, and Paulie Shaw is dead, and he's like, "I want to make this What do you think would be the British equivalent to Encino? I think it'd be where you're from. No, okay. I reckon Harlow in Essex. Harlow, Harlow man. <laughs> yeah, well, that's quite good. <laughs> but you wouldn't be able to tell the difference to. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I agree. Like, it anywhere... can't be Loudon Man. That's no good. Loudon Man sucks, yeah. It, 
And it can't be like an outskirts of Sheffield because like Sheffield isn't the California of the UK. No. And also like if you're gonna say people from Harlow are cavemen. <laughs> Diddington man would they're be what, a nightmare. Ax- they're like little axolotls or whatever, aren't they? They're like <laughs> the salamanders. <laughs> I thought it might have been a joke, but isn't it what's the one where they say that like you Google it with your name and it's always like a crime? Is that Florida man? Yeah, Florida man, yeah. Yeah. That's that would be quite a good one. Yeah. I like Encino Man as a title. I yeah. big kudos. I also like the poster. If oh, is it them it. doing like the the walk? Yeah, it's the walk and then at the end is uh Bren Fraser like dancing, which yeah, I think is a lot fun. of dancing in this film. <laughs> There's a lot of dancing, a lot of coordinated dances, all which I liked a lot of. What sort um, of like age group would you say this was for? It's a kid's film, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's why I kind of didn't mind it as much. Yeah, I think like, if they were trying to make it rude and stuff, then it would have it probably would have aged worse than this has. Yeah, like if the um Encino man had started like wanking himself off to in front of like the mum. <laughs> yeah, like humping the TV. Yeah, like then <laughs> I wouldn't have liked this. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> but Link, the character Link, um obviously, yeah, you see him at the start just before he gets frozen, then he kind of thaws out and he's like this horrible, muddy, dirty, grubby man mm. who's trying to like throw a broom at a thing. Brendan Fraser's physical comedy is, is lovely. I was yeah. having a lot of fun and he's a very nice kind of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, he sells it about as much as anyone could really, doesn't he? Yeah. Does it all, all quite well. You see a bit of early George of the Jungle in it, I think. Definitely. Definitely a, a archetype of that. What about Paulie Shaw? <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's let's cut to the chase. <laughs> so he plays a character called Stony, and everything he says is like, "Oh, stop wheezing about! Hey, you yeah. want to be the wheeze and whatever." Uh, you asked me to do a counter, but it was so like hard to hear what he was saying yeah. because he was like, "What do you mean if I get a bit of a sing and then I want to get a soda with a wheeze in it?" Yeah, he said something what? like, stop wheezing the juice. I was like, what wheezing is this? Wheezing all the juice! I, but, I counted him saying it at least set six times. But... In, what, in the first scene, was that? <laughs> no, but I don't... I, he said I was wheeze looking the all the weasel. time. It was like a verb. Wheeze was a verb. It was like, he doesn't even know how to wheeze. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> Teach me how to sure. wheeze. Uh, do you think he was sexy in this? No. Why did he look forty? Why does he yeah, look he was... so old? He looked really old, and he had I don't think he even hair. was. I think he's like twenty-five. But there's a bit. I think it's a bit gross because Sean Astin and him both look older, but they're both meant to be what, like fifteen or something. Yeah. But then he's going to like the fucking Sean Astin's dad. Oh yeah. He's he's like, like, oh, why don't I marry your daughter? your daughter? Then we'll be family. But the daughter's like an actual child. <laughs> she's like six. <laughs> she's barely learned to wheeze yet I mean to be fair I think the character as it was written is a kind of sweet character and a kind of voice of reason and he doesn't do anything gross out which I was expecting he's kind mm. of this sweet stupid hippie but, but he's not a particularly sweet and likeable actor so it's this kind of juggling act between like this nicely written part and a very unlikable man <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought this is the most likable we've seen him. For oh sure. yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I thought he was actually okay in this. And I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm saying I've got like no strong opinions about anything in this. Yeah. Maybe the one thing I do have a strong opinion about is that Sean Astin's character is basically like a really unlikable incel. Yeah, he's awful. He's, he's bad. And I think Paul, like that makes you like Paulie Shaw even more. Yeah, I didn't I agree. mind him in this. I thought he was a bit weird and spaced out. It kind of seems like he's in a bit of a different film. But yeah, that's kind of the point. I was thinking, like, I think that I like the way the character's written, but it could have been performed better. But yeah, Sean Astin's character is horrible. So he plays Dave, who, again, his whole, what's his motivation? He wants to become prom king, but he's yeah. a nerd. Yeah. Um, And whatever. And he fancies this woman who he was uh, at school. I don't know. He was like childhood best friends of her. It reminded me of the of the pulp song Disco 2000. It was if just you... like the pulp song Disco 2000. <laughs> you heard that song? Yeah. Yeah, Jarvis Cocker, legend. Sh- Sheffield legend. Mm. Uh, there's a sign outside a shop in Sheffield and it says Jarvis Cocker fell out of a window here <laughs> in <laughs> 1980s something because he was trying to do an impression of Spider-Man <laughs> and fell out of the top window. <laughs> But yeah, it's this kind of like, oh, he's been in love with her for 15 years or whatever, like his whole life. Yeah. And she just won't notice him. Oh, no. And yeah, but that manifests in a really gross bit where he's like, we've been naked together before. And he's got like a picture of her naked as a baby. Yeah. Um, which I weird. really didn't like. That was the and... start of the red flags for me. Yeah. And then he doesn't say anything funny. He's not very funny. He's not particularly nice to Link either, which makes me not like him. No, he fucking fox and the hounds him. He takes him to the forest to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. So he finds out that the girl who he fancies, fancies Link. Because who wouldn't? He's beautiful. Yeah, he's great. He's he's like 6'4", he's sleek, he's gorgeous, he's got that lovely hair, he's beautiful. Mm. And he's fun, and Dave isn't. That's the most important part, isn't it? Yeah. And Dave is like, oh, I'm going to drive you out into the woods and leave you here with like a pocket full of change. Yeah, so wrong. And then you see Paulie Shaw arrive and you're like, yes, the weasel's <laughs> here to save the day. Like, that shouldn't be my reaction to see Paulie Shaw. <laughs> Thank God the weasel's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The thing with this that's weird is that it's one of those like teenager coming of age films, but I feel like he doesn't learn anything. No. And he gets the girl at the end, which I... What annoys... Right. So the whole point of the film, he's getting bullied at school by this bully, which I will get into in a second. <laughs> and then the bully then starts trying to bully uh, Link and he punches Link right in the face and Link kind of doesn't react, but he walks away mm. kind of scared. So Sean Astin, the gall of the man who gets bullied by this man, goes oh, you should st- stick up for yourself and teaches him, like, jujitsu. Oh, yeah, he teaches him to fight, but he's never fought before. But he's never fought. And then they're at the prom, and he's going to get named Prom King, and something happens, which I'll get into in a minute because it was amazing. <laughs> and then Sean Astin goes up, and he gets knocked to the floor immediately, and then Link, like, picks up the bully like he's nothing and, like, throws him. It's awesome. Mm. But then she kisses him because she's like, oh, you were so brave back there, Dave. Dave didn't have he a didn't hero do moment. Anything, he got pushed over and the Encino man took over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for the Encino man. Weird ass incel freak. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame because I really like Sean Astin, but this is definitely like, it's just the way the character's written. Oh, yeah. It's the right, not his performance. No. The bully. I loved the bully in this film. <laughs> and that is the. He's so weird, isn't he? He's a very strange. His hair is 
like vanilla a ice. foot tall. <laughs> yeah, he's got vanilla ice hair. He's wonderful, and he's really weird. Like he's gross. He goes out with the girl that Sean Astin fancies, and he's like kissing her all gross, and he's touching her bum, and he's really yeah. rude. And there's a bit at the start which actually made me laugh out loud, where kind of uh, Sean Astin's like looking over at the girl and like waves at her, and then the boyfriend just peers into oh, frame he and, his like... head in. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. And then he says like. I wouldn't piss on your gums if they were on fire. <laughs> staples him to the wall and writes, eat me on his head. Yeah, I like the staples. That was a good touch. He's just such a horrible villain the whole way through. And then he yeah. obviously finds out that um, Link is a, a caveman. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everyone. I'm going to expose so, this. So he gets on stage and the the girl is, is like, don't, don't. And then he turns around and goes, shush! <laughs> yeah. yeah, shush. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. It was such a good delivery. I and think then I he said goes, it to you. I messaged it to you that he just acts exactly like Tim Robinson in like yes, nearly yes. all of those sketches from I think you should leave. I don't know Very what it weird. is. How can you explain it? It's always like bulging know. his eyes out and talking in a way that no human speaks. Yeah. A very, very evil man. Are you and sure obviously... that's the reason why? <laughs> <laughs> just all like that and yeah when he says he's a caveman just everyone starts cheering and everyone's really buzzing and they just <laughs> have a big dance <laughs> yeah there's a really big dance scene yeah it's huge the dance isn't outrageous. even good is it <laughs> no really bad it's such a good dance scene it transitions to a, a house party at the nerd's house yeah and the song's still going I thought that the band that were playing at the prom were going to be like playing in his garden as well, but it wasn't quite as good as that. It's a real shame. Who was that band, do you reckon? I don't know, but one of them's a member of Metallica. What? Yeah, I'm pretty (laughs) certain it's Robert... Is his name Robert Trujillo or something? That's awesome. (laughs) Let me search it. I'll find out if if he is. But yeah, it felt like they were a band you should recognise, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It felt like... Um, have you ever watched The Young Ones the, with uh, Rick Mail? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, you know, like when Motorhead would appear and then they were focused on the band so much that you're like, oh, God, that must be something like important. So you focus on the band. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're always like ones you should know. Yeah. Okay, he's in Metallica now, this guy. But before then, he played with Suicidal Tendencies, Ozzy Osbourne. And Infectious Grooves, which I think is who the band is in this. Infectious Grooves. Infectious Grooves. But yeah, that dancing, that, that just felt very 90s as well. When I had COVID a couple of months ago, I watched The Goofy Movie, which is yeah. one of the best films. And Paulie Shaw's in it as well. We need and to watch it on the pod. Yeah, I would. I'll watch that film any day of the week, mate. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen it. Do you know um, Do you know the show Atlanta? Have you ever watched that? Uh, Donald, I've never Donald seen Glover. it, but I know of it, yeah. Do you know how it's like, it kind of looks like a sitcom, but it's actually just like really, really weird. There's like an episode when um, Donald Glover's not actually in it as his character, but he plays like a Michael Jackson kind of guy. It's like a haunted house film. Then there's one where like, there's an invisible car going around running people over. There's like all these like weird offshoot episodes that aren't really like the main thing. I watched one the other day where it was a, um, it's like a fake documentary about the making of a goofy movie. It was like a biopic all about this one animator whose like job it was to make was to make like the blackest Disney film of all time, and he made a goofy movie. <laughs> and there's all these things about how it's like a metaphor for being like a, a black single father, but it's not. It's just a goofy movie. 
like it's not even true like none of the stuff in it's true and there's like a 40 minute episode about like this fake man making that film right they didn't mention paulie shore in it at all in that episode i don't think anyone mentions him in those two interviews i barely heard paulie shore being mentioned they mentioned that um he stole him from him (laughs) yeah adam sandler stole brendan fraser from paulie shore I mean, thank God, because there's like the you can sense these this idea of this catchphrase comedy starting here a little bit. Like there's mm. bits of but us and back. And I guess is this like his something that hit a little quirk of his character? His thing was like buddy. He says buddy all the time. Buddy. Yeah. And um, he loves Jeopardy. Do you remember there was that bit in Paulie Shaw is dead when he met that like super fan and the super fan was like quoting all these things back to him. Do you remember? And we were both really lost. Oh God, we need to rewatch that scene now. Now we know more about Encino, man. And he's like, and he's like, oh my God, it's the weasel. (laughs) 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 Oh God. The the one thing in this that I did hate was like all the 90s slang that's just aged really badly that no one says. I mean, wheeze was like that. You could tell they thought it might like catch on and kids in schools were going to be like wheezing all the time. But um, they say fire flameage. Don't like that. <laughs> oh, God, I hate the noise. Then I think one of my other characters I didn't like was the friend of the love interest. Just like a very annoying teenage girl. Yes. His yeah. mouth was always like, her top lip was always like turned up. Like, she's <laughs> really annoyed at stuff. And she was like, Oh my god, he's so jive. <laughs> <laughs> he's a... so rude. She there says a... that, but like rude is in like I think it means sexy in this context. <laughs> there was a bit where like uh Sean Astin was him and uh Paulie Shaw having an argument, and then he's like Paulie Shaw's like, I care about my friends, I care about love or whatever, and Dave goes all you care about is Nugs chilling and grinding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nugs. <laughs> what nuggets? Nug- chicken nuggets. <laughs> chilling with a with no G and grindage. What the fuck is grindage? <laughs> what when they skate? When you skateboard and you go over a railing. That's grindage. Is that grindage? Yeah. I don't know, but he doesn't skateboard in this, does he? No, he doesn't do anything. He just wears flares and turns up at places. <laughs> That's another thing, right? Okay, we, we I think you were very kind on his performance. He's, he doesn't have a character. He's just weird. Yeah. But they don't oh, say yeah, why he's weird. He's just a weird man. <laughs> yeah, he's very weird. <laughs> and him taking him to... The, and then they have that big bit where they're under the slushy machines. Let's get some juice. <laughs> yeah. But all of that <laughs> You said you like, like this. That's <laughs> like... That's like reminds me a bit of like The Simpsons and stuff. I think The Simpsons might be the only thing that does that okay. Like kids hanging out at a shop like that. It's I don't know. It was pretty bad. These, these boys are like twenty five. Yeah, that's the weird part. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser's got a six pack. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. He's a beard. <laughs> How old is this character meant to be? I know he's meant to be like what five hundred thousand years old. Thousand years old. Yeah. <laughs> but How old is like he? I don't know. He steps on a rake. Like sideshow Bob. <laughs> yeah, he sets the ring. And he gets a girlfriend at the end who's also really fit. <laughs> yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> Where did she come from? From the jacuzzi. She was at the public. start, wasn't she? Was she? Oh, yeah, she was. And then he, he does draw her a few times out of ketchup and there's yeah. references He's to He's pining for her throughout. I feel like there's a few wasted concepts in this. I'm like, not a nerd. I'm a unique weasel. 
<laughs> Sorry. Shut up. <laughs> I had to interrupt you there. Again, I think the first 45 minutes and him thawing out and stuff and them finding him and giving him a makeover until that bit is like, this is good. As mm-hmm. soon as he's made over, they don't go far enough with some of the fun they could be having with this caveman character. And I think them going to the prehistoric museum could have been, I don't know, quite emotional, quite hard hitting. I always think of like, I don't know, I'm thinking of Stig of the Dump. I loved Stig of the Dump. Yeah, it was good, wasn't and, it? Yeah, and I think this could have had that same emotion a little bit. And I don't know. I, I think it's mainly because that main guy is just so weird and hard to relate to. But I think it could have just done with more hijinks. Oh, way more hijinks. Unless, like, I don't know. They they get up some hijinks. They're driving that car yeah, on but its side. Why would a caveman do that? And how would you just press the go button of a car? <laughs> yeah. Weird. Well, they're automatic, aren't they, in America? But I think they should have put. He should have been pulling the wheel off and eating it. Yeah, that sort of thing, or like riding it like it was a mammoth or something. Like yeah, on top of it. Yeah, there's like a bit where he fights a bin lorry, which I quite liked. But I liked that. <laughs> but I thought they'd go further with it, and also yeah, he just... needed more of that. Him climbing, ripping his clothes off. Yeah, he does a few backflips a few times. That's pretty sick. But yeah, he should have had more scenes of him ripping his clothes off and eating them. It just felt like they used a lot of the budget for the big ice cube. At the start. That was and after really that, there's not much, much else. How cold is Encino that that would stay frozen for all those years? Yeah, that's what like I want to know. Four foot they, deep. It yeah, they, even... they dig, dig four foot deep, and there's a massive glacier. <laughs> and what was keeping it cold? A bowl. There was a bowl on the top of it. They have a really quite good. <laughs> they did try say quite good. It. They have a teacher in it who I'd like. I liked the scene with the teacher. I yeah. thought that he explained this the silly logic of the film quite well. Yeah, I don't yeah, know who he... that. They did try and explain it. Who was that teacher? Because I liked him. I thought, oh, this is a cool actor or whatever. He was a really cool actor. Yeah, he was a pretty cool actor, wasn't he? (laughs) And he was so smart as well to have known all that stuff about the the Mesopotamian man or whatever he was called. Was he Mr. Brush? I think he was Mr. Brush. He was playing Basil. He's passed away. Richard Richard Ducommon. May he rest in peace. He was in a bar flying Groundhog Day. Yeah, may you rest in peace, um, Richard. Do you come on? Because uh, you were the one of the best parts about Encino, man. What a eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> His family will really appreciate that. I love it when we suddenly go quite somber because we found out someone's dead. Someone's like we did, died. We did that with our 51st Dates episode. Yeah, all the way back, <laughs> back in 2020. Back in, back in the day. But yeah, oh. uh, you were... Jen, I, I don't want that to sound like me taking the piss. You were he was really good. good. I liked you expl- him explaining the ice movement underground and the way he interacted yeah. with students was quite realistic and I thought it was quite fun. It set up the plot quite well. Yeah. Yeah, I liked... I, liked, I thought the school scenes... Keeping you up, mate. Were... <laughs> 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 proper fucking bored with your voice. Uh, <laughs> What about if I sound more like that? Oh. <laughs> now we're talking. Uh, let's carry on talking about it. What have I got? Uh, yeah, the, the bit where he goes to the museum, that's the sort of thing I thought you'd really hone in on because you obsess over things being a little bit like dark and sad. I, I thought you were going to come here and you were like, going to be like, can you imagine girlfriend. going to a museum full of your dead family? Yeah, like, can you relatives? imagine, like, you wake up in the future and they're all speaking, like, an alien language and you're like, oh, God, what's ha- where have I been transported to? That's crazy. What's going on? I need to find my way home. And everyone's and you... just taking the piss out of you. Yeah, and then you go to a museum and it's full of, like, like I'm in there, like, <laughs> all crazy and dead and stuff. And then you're like, oh, God. And then you, like, go into a corner trying to play on, like, a PS4. 
an old PS5 <laughs> made of rock. <laughs> Throwing it at the wall. <laughs> yeah, it would be it, it would be like awfully sad, wouldn't it? And it would it, be God, very sad. If you think about the I mean, yeah, he's really fucking cheery dancing and stuff, but everyone who knows he's dead. Yeah. Oh, well, apart from his wife at the end. Apart from his wife at the end, which can you name nice. a good caveman film? This. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't think I want to see Caveman. I don't think I like it. I like um I like the TV show Ghosts and that as a caveman character. Yeah. I just don't think I'm into the cavemen. Yeah, I don't think I'm like Ice Age was pretty crap, I thought. Alright, I'm gonna type in caveman film. Is there a good caveman film? Because you know um, what? The, the only thing I could think of, because I was trying to think this while I was watching it, and I just kept thinking of that film Year One. <laughs> Michael Cera and uh, Jack Black. The best cavemen films. Okay, we've got a list. Uh, I've not seen any. Encino Man's number three. <laughs> <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's pretty bloody good. Yeah, I guess. That's that's only the first 15 minutes. Though. Yeah, Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell. I, do, I have a soft spot for that film. I also really like the bit. I like the bit where he gets eaten by a dinosaur. I like the bit first when he go he finds a rock that auto tunes his voice. I really like oh, that. The Croods. I've not watched the Croods. I like the Croods. I mean, it, I mean, it's not the best thing in the whole world, but yeah. <laughs> I think I think you've been. You know what? You're right. The thing but... is, I like dinosaurs, but I don't think I like cavemen. I really like cavemen, and I think they need to do more films about cavemen. I want to be sold on cavemen, but at the moment I'm not digging the, their juice. I'm not digging early man. Early man was all right. I didn't see that. Um, Daffy Duck and the Dinosaur. William Bean and his magic machine. Yeah, caveman from 1981. Quest for Fire. Clan of the Cave Bear. I like Planet of the Apes. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're monkeys. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to start a new podcast where we watch caveman films? <laughs> the Cave Boys. Yes, that's well, it. Yeah, it's I'm on crap. Wikipedia's caveman film, and under I, there's two films. One's called Iceman. One's called I'm a Monkey's Uncle. I'm a Monkey's that's... Uncle is a 1948 short subject directed by Jules White, starring the Three Stooges. Oh, okay, that sounds pretty good. Add that to uh, Beyond Sandler. What's that yeah, called? We'll get watching I'm a Monkey's Uncle. I'm a Monkey's Uncle coming soon next year. <laughs> Mark your calendars. Um, What's what do the Three Stooges do? They're like, oh, what was that? And they like hit each other in the nose. Yeah, and they're like yeah. bald and stuff. And there's one who's bald. There's one who famously has hair. <laughs> he has a We're bald. Like the two stuff. Stooges, aren't we? <laughs> well, I'm I'm a uh, curly, famously and bald, uh, and I famously and have hair. What are they called? Curly Mo and uh, the other one. Yeah. All right. So yeah, like I don't feel like there's much else to say about this film, is there? Nah, there's Got not a makeover much. sequence. We probably could have done a salad scale with it because there's enough of the old tropes. But it was tired. This is already bumper packed episode, isn't it? We've got enough of that. Yeah. Are we going to bother doing a verdict with this one, or does this yeah, yeah, just we... exist? No, no, we're doing a verdict, mate. We're doing a verdict for all of them. So actors on actors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do anything fun for that because it's just too much having a conversation. <laughs> it's Pit or Castle. Yeah, Castle is a good video. Yeah, Castle. It was also a good video. You should all watch it. Love it's the lovely. cinematography. It had pretty nice cinematography, and it was Adam Sandler looking a bit more comfortable than he usually is in yeah. interviews. Uh, Roundtable, Pit or Castle. I lost a bit of my attention with that one, but I'd still put it in the castle because it's as good as Ridiculous Six. <laughs> I also agree, and I think just worth it for the 
little moments with, particularly with Colin Farrell, uh, Kihoi Kwan, and Brendan Austin Fraser. Butler. And Austin Butler. You know what? Actually, I liked all of them. I liked all of them. I liked all You're of them. You're turning me against him because of his silly voice. I liked Jeremy Pope. I liked him. He seemed like a... Yeah, Jeremy Pope seemed sick. His story was good. <laughs> yeah, the film seemed... I actually like that. the look of that film. I'm going to track it down. And they were they all were very all nice They were talking about their comebacks, which I quite liked as well. Like they're Most of them are like trying to change their image, including Austin Butler, I guess. Yeah, that there he was a kind of thematic... Seriously. There was a thematic reason for all of those um, people to be in that room together, and I think their conversation was pretty good. Yeah, it's just a nice video. So, Castle for me as well. Um, Encino Man, you have dug into the pit, <laughs> or you're trying to expand the pit, because we've got absolutely loads in there now. It's getting really uh, full. So you were kind of digging for a bit, and you came across a big thawed egg frozen turd. With, with a with a frozen dvd of encino man inside it uh you can either decide to put it in the castle where it'll thaw out and it will survive in there or you're gonna throw it right into the pit uh with the rest of with paulie shore is dead with other things we've covered i'm sure norm of the north <laughs> yeah norm of the north. Uh, uh, where are you gonna put it castle or pit i don't know with this one i i kind of i don't think that this is a terrible film even though the reviews of it are pretty bad, like the meta score and whatever, I don't know. I didn't like it enough to be like, I would recommend it to anyone. I feel like this is one of those ones that, you know, if I watch this on a certain day, I'd be like, yeah, Pitt. Other day, I'd say Castle. I think I'm really mm. mixed on it. I'm, I just kind of don't care. Oh. Um, <laughs> don't break our format. <laughs> I think just because this is a celebration episode and because we like Brendan Fraser, I'll say it can go in the castle yeah, for a little nice. bit until that bully comes in and shouts, this film's a caveman! And then if someone says, well, we like it, you go, shush! Shush! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I... There's enough funny little bits in it that it was fine. For me, this is going in the castle. Um, I had a lot of fun watching it. Um <laughs> I, I laughed several times. I really liked the villain. I liked yeah, the teacher at the start. I liked Brendan Fraser a lot. He was very, very good. It's let down a little bit by its two leads. Uh, one for the way it's written, one for the person. But <laughs> And also, if we're going into the love interest and her friend aren't particularly well-written either, well-rounded characters. But it's a little slice of 90s film history, and it was pretty fun. And yeah, Castle for me. Yeah. I think this is one where I can see why people would like it. And like, you know, sometimes you watch things and you're like, how could you be nostalgic about that? You know, there's the old person on Letterboxd that said they're nostalgic for the Master of Disguise. And I could not understand that. That's madness. just like objectively bad. But (laughs) this one, I could understand why you'd be fond of it. Yeah. It was it was all right. Not a bad watch. So this is award (laughs) season. (laughs) Sure is. I'm sure that a lot of people uh, will be making their Oscar predictions. Who's going to win Best Picture? After Sun didn't get nominated and Elvis did. So fuck the Academy Awards. <laughs> hey, shit. that's not very nice now. What about all the hard work that Bears Lerman put into that film? Uh-huh. I'm quite excited for the Oscars. I'm going to try and watch all the films that have been nominated. For you know Elvis has a bit where they mash up Viva Las Vegas with Toxic by Britney Spears. Shut up, do they? Yeah, genuinely. Oh. And Backstreet's back. See, they, things like back this. isn't in the film. I was just letting you know that Backstreet is back. But <laughs> I'm joking. He does, he does. He uses both of those songs. See, things like this put me off. This is exactly what stopped me watching Great Gatsby about 
10 years ago and now it's this bullshit again i like don't Great get Gatsby, it to be fair i did quite like that one but elvis is a no from me well i'll give it a watch i'll i'll try and go with a bit of an open mind you need to watch it just for whatever tom hanks is doing He's yeah, basically he's... playing the penguin out of the Batman. What is Tom Hanks doing at the moment? That man called Otto looks rubbish. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't look great, but I mean, it looks a fucking far sight better than Pinocchio <laughs> and Elvis. Yeah, he's he's had a very... If we were saying how Colin Farrell's had a, a very good year, if we're going very bad year, Tom Hanks, what yeah. are you doing, mate? Fire what your done to him? It's got to be yeah. Chet's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. And honestly, I do hope personally that um brennan fraser wins for best actor he was very very good in the whale i do like to see the idea of his upswing of his career well we're not doing a colin farrell special <laughs> so, it'd be good if we did this is a big part of his oscar campaign is he gets a sand the pit special episode yeah yeah so we're all throwing our weight behind him uh and to commemorate the award season we're going to play our which you dubbed annual awards, <laughs> which we've only done once. And we did it in June last time. We did it in June. Uh, so this is the Golden Sandmans, which is... They only uh... come around every one and a half years. <laughs> so this is where we come up with three categories each. We list some nominees from films that we've seen and kind of decide amongst ourselves who will win that category. I have written three categories that are rubbish because I wrote them whilst in a meeting (laughs) was Googling things covertly on my phone. Um, And yours, you said, are really insane, aren't they? Or good? or They're a bit stupid, but the way I've done it is that I've just chosen a winner and got a runner-up. That's how we did it last time, I think. Right. I've written a category and I've written um, a bunch of potential candidates and I'll decide when I say oh, okay. it. Okay, well, we're coming at it from different angles, but that doesn't matter. That's, <laughs> that's what this podcast is You're not been. just going to give me a winner. I'll also have to choose yeah, you, I, your bit. I thought you were awarding it. You award it. You choose your one and you award it. That's all we did last time. Was it? Yeah. I thought you said a category and then yeah, we it's both... been a year and a half, to be fair. Don't worry about it. I thought what Let's just play was... it in different ways. Let's do your no, one. No, 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 no. Let's... We're going to do I one of know. mine, one of yours, one of mine. One yeah, of yeah, yours. yeah. You go first. I want to see what the... what, how we did this last time. <laughs> All right. So the first Golden Sandman of... Do we say 2022 or 2023? Uh, 2023. Right. But then the 95th. The 95th annual. annual Golden Sandman Awards. Biannual. No, what is what would a year and a half be? There isn't a word for that. It's every 18... It only comes around every 18 months. 18 months. Okay. Basically like a, the leap year of award shows. Um, <laughs> so the first Golden Sandman Award for 2023 was the Best Supporting Actor. That was my category. Oh, right. Okay. My runner-up was Bo Cruz from Hustle. Thought he was actually all right, quite a good performance and whatever. But sadly, he just missed it to the post because the winner is Bertram from Hey Jesse, <laughs> the comedy butler who we were obsessed with at the time, and I feel like we've forgotten him. But I think he needs some more respect. <laughs> he needs a little golden sandman because his physical comedy was incredible. The way he was just saying, "Oh, what a beautiful morning!" and falling over some ducks like that sort of thing is just timeless. I agree. He was a very fun uh, addition. And yeah, I think he was definitely the best supporting. He should have been the lead, really, of that project. Really, yeah. Do you remember when there was The Artist, that film? It was like a throwback. Yeah. That's what Bertram is. He's a throwback to the comedy greats, the slapstick legends. <laughs> He's <laughs> the artist. 
which means we'll forget him in a year or two. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I was trying to, I'd watched our trailer and stuff, and the references we're making, I don't recall. Do I have to input who I think is best supporting? Or do yeah, I? Yeah, what would on? you have gone with with best supporting? I don't know. Honorable mention. You got any? I'm... Oh god. Holy sure in Encino, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hang on, let me have a look at the old uh, Instagram page. The thing with you is that you have a real recency bias. You're yeah, always, yeah, you'll no. probably just say, like, I don't know, the little girl from Norma the North or something. Uh, the little boy from Shelby. Uh, <laughs> um, Uncle Gary or whatever he was called that you were obsessed with. You get obsessed with things and you've then you and just then toss I forget. Them like I don't remember the You're name. like that girl that had Jesse in Toy Story 2. <laughs> you make people feel like they're so important and then you throw them <laughs> under your bed. <laughs> um yeah I, oh no okay a good one i think as a an additional one and one that i've just seen because i just was scrolling through our instagram feed was the fonz from here comes the boom i thought he was yeah. a delightful character and a delightful actor yeah i can't believe the academy ignored him but thank god for, <laughs> for the golden sandman awards we'll leave no actor uncovered in this award so my category is uh the best supporting animal so that's the best animal in an appearance in this. I've got a bunch of different ideas for this. Yeah, you love the animals. Um, I've got, for example, in the runners-up and honourable mentions, I've got um, Shelby. I've got mm. Norm of the North. The badger that bit me. <laughs> the, the badger that bit you. <laughs> that could be a children's book. <laughs> Can you write one? Oh, my God, you, you, you write it, I draw it. The badger that bit me. <laughs> the lizard from Jesse. I like the dog from Click. I like the turkey from Strange Wilderness. And I like the animal from The Animal. But my personal favourite, best supporting animal is... is no, that's not an animal, for God's sake. <laughs> this is the... Uh, I think his name... I can't remember his name. Was one of the dog police, but the Basset Hound one. I like that one. I love the effort that you put into your winner. <laughs> that you can't remember his name. <laughs> this Bowser, That's this Spooka Lee, and what's his name? What the fuck am I going to remember? It's that? a woman, isn't it? Or this this Spooka Lee. Lee. No, wait. Bowser. <laughs> Bowser's the main dog. Then there's. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has floored me. <laughs> He remembers Spookalooka Lee, but not the one that won it. <laughs> there's, right, there's Bowser, there's Mia Harrow, or oh, Farrow, yeah. and then his best friend, Ollie. 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 Ollie won. But honourable mention as well to Spookalooka Lee, the son. <laughs> that, that name stuck with me for a long time. Oh, if I ever get a dog, I'm definitely calling it Spookalooka Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Love that name for a dog. Bowser's good as well, and me a paro. But... <laughs> I forgot the I winner with... again. Oh, Ollie. Ollie. <laughs> the dog of the worst name. They run out of the creativity when they got to name in Ollie. But he's the best dog in the dog police. He's eating a, a donut with a thing and he's. But why is there dogs. four names if there's only three dogs? Because there's three, but then one of them is the son between Bowser and me a paro. They have a son that they share custody of, which is Spookalooka Lee. <laughs> <laughs> the law between the dog police is you just treating me like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm not. No, I, I just want to know the answers. I'm not treating you like anything. <laughs> I, li I like this stuff. 
Oh, God. Uh, would you edit throw any other names into the hat for best animal? Why would you throw in another name when you've got Spookaluka Lee? <laughs> There's no <laughs> other names. Oh, God. I think that some of the runners-up didn't deserve to be there. Oh, yeah. I How long think... ago did we watch Dog Police? Was that in the last year? I don't remember. A long time ago, but they had to win best animal. Yeah, fair enough. That whole gang win best God. animals. I but... really enjoyed revisiting the dog police there briefly. <laughs> I really, <laughs> remember it is so good. Really got to me that. <laughs> My next category was best costume, mm. which I feel like we've probably got quite a lot of options, but the runner-up was uh, Master of Disguise for the horrible good, turtle yeah. man. That would be my shout. But I deducted some points because of the snake charmer outfit. I won't, <laughs> I won't say much more on it, but <laughs> that was the only way I could mention that without mentioning how offensive it is. But yeah, yeah. the winner, though, a mention for our friends, the Canaines, who we love, was yes. uh, home team for Kevin James's visor and the hairpiece. I love his visor wig. I love his visor wig. Yeah. It's like when people have like a wig with hair, uh, no, a hat with hair built into it. Like, I don't know, the comedy bagpiper one that people get in Scotland and stuff like that. Like when you get like a little a raster hat with uh, dreadlocks yeah. already built into it. And um, yeah, you... his little iconic visor with his little tufts of hair. Kevin James' visor was amazing. So yeah, deserved win. I also like Kevin James's little red hoodie that he has in, in Becky. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one too, actually. There's there's probably quite a few little good costume bits, but I don't know what it was. There's something about that visor and the hair. I think because you actually asked the director of the film yeah, I asked like, that a hair piece, and they were like, yeah. Yes! That was one of the best moments of last year for me. I really loved made me laugh. Lovely, really good category. So my next category is Biggest Bastard. Um, so the biggest bastard in any of these, I've got a couple of runners-up. Uh, so I fought Paulie Shaw and Paulie Shaw is dead. Big um, bastard, yeah. Big, big bastard. Xander Kelly, big, big bastard from Joe Dirt. Oh, from Joe Dirt, yeah. The radio. The radio, yeah. Oh, God, he's bad. Why are you such a loser? <laughs> Fuck off, Xander <laughs> Kelly. Um, I read a Mr. Green in Norm of the North. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. My recency bias, but he was a real slippery bastard. But the one I've gone for um, and is the definitive de facto bastard is Rob Schneider in The Real Rob. Oh, God. Don't really want to give that guy an award, but... No, he's, he's getting thrown at him, but... and then we're yeah, getting him back. back forehead. <laughs> but he yeah. is truly a bastard in that TV show. Yeah, he was he was horrible. I mean, we only watched 20 minutes of it, so I can only imagine what sort of horror he's unleashing over the other episodes. Mm. But yeah, massively unlikable. I think yeah. particularly bad because he's the lead. You're supposed to like him. The others are all villains. I guess maybe he's an anti-hero. <laughs> I don't know what I'd have added to that. Maybe the people that like killed Bigfoot in Strange Wilderness. Yeah, the they're all move. I mean, they were, they were the leads of that, and they were supposed to be nice. But I mean, that was that was sick. What they did to God, that was such a good scene. <laughs> yeah, you liked it. I started remembering, start chuckling to myself in my head. That's, what about Lorenzini in that Pinocchio film that we watched? He was a bit oh, bad. yeah, he's a real bastard. He was so evil that he actually got Brian May to make him a song. <laughs> and then didn't use Brian May's voice. <laughs> he sped it up. Sound like a girl. <laughs> and he was a big giant fish monster. He's a big giant fish monster. He breathed fire. Joe, the best thing is that in the last category, you mentioned Becky. We're talking about big bastards. We've said all of these people. And we haven't literally spoken about the neo-Nazi. 
Um, I did have a subcategory. For, I'll I'll quickly go over it because I don't want it as an actual award. I did write best monster in a supporting role, and for that I had Blobby, uh, Bigfoot, <laughs> Cookie Monster, and the Nazi Kevin James as my <laughs> Cookie Monster wins. Cookie Monster wins. He's a really good monster. Okay, but that's a very quick aside. Uh, that's what, the only reason I didn't include my biggest bastard because I include him as biggest monster. Oh, okay, fair enough. So my last category. Yeah, and the one that everyone wants is <clears throat> the award for totally mishandling a probably good or worthy message by making a film that is both dull and painful to watch. Award. Wow, a good message destroyed by a painfully. It's a probably good message, but it's mishandled by making a film that is both dull and painful to watch. Award. Holy shit, that could be any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the good message of the do-over. It's okay to fake your death if you cure cancer. <laughs> um, my runner-up was Norm of the North for uh, something about melting the ice caps. Yeah, there's something walking. something worthy in there, but they ruin it by making a terrible film. But the winner, I think this one, like it has to be this one, is Men, Women, and Children. Yeah. There's messages there about like bad parenting. There's messages about internet culture, technology, all of that stuff. But it heightens them to such a melodramatic point that they just lost any shred of like realism because there's yeah. like a mum that was obsessed with making her kid like a porn star or something and they give a kid erectile dysfunction yeah because he's watched so much porn he's just constantly jacking his meat <laughs> <laughs> but yeah what else no, could win that i mean i mean there's a couple i think like a, a few that are just kind of not not as bad as that though things like pixels could have been a lot better than they were uh, yeah, been a bit funner, but you're but right. It's not that a worthy is... message. Whereas this was like trying to be something insightful and just missing the boat by I don't know a hundred yards because there was a guy who fucked a football at one point, wasn't there? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I think there's a fair amount of mishandled messages. I think yeah. that was a good one to end on, but I've got one more category. <laughs> Well, hopefully it makes it a bit more positive because the rest have been celebratory. But yeah, uh, best fight. Oh, <laughs> best fight scene. Lovely category. Uh, my two runners up that I've got are the fight in Paul Blart 2 between all of the mall cops against that uh, shady organization. Yeah, loved that. And another uh, Kevin James one. I love the fights in Here Comes the Boom when he's oh, yeah. massively big jacked. Yeah, it's literally like a fight scene from Creed for some reason. Yeah, he <laughs> shoots it like Creed. He became a UFC person. He gets in good shape, and that's awesome. I love all those fights. Yeah. That actually should probably be the winner. But my winner of the best fight in any of the films we've covered on this podcast is Grown Ups 2, oh. the giant fight between the jocks and all yeah. the... And everyone in the everyone. town. <laughs> yeah. It really is the fight between the adults and the children. <laughs> yes! And it's really good. You've got Those damn kids. Stone Cold Steve Austin punching kids and whatever. Yeah. It's sick. I was really worried that you were going to say um, the Meyerowitz stories fight scene because I think that you gave an award to that last time on <laughs> the Golden Sandman. Oh, that is a good That is a good fight scene. It is. It's a good honourable mention. But like, if they did it this way, then Parasite would be winning Best Picture again. The <laughs> <laughs> what would you uh have you got any other fights i'm str- struggling to remember fights i feel like there was something good in transformania 
Aren't they fighting a big dragon at the end of it or something? Holy shit, they're fighting a big dragon! <laughs> New <laughs> winner! <laughs> Three and four both ended on good fight scenes because one was Dracula versus the Kraken. <laughs> yeah, one was Dracula versus the dragon. <laughs> yeah, they're all pretty cool. Oh, man. Maybe Heads um, of Transylvania might win. I don't know. I mean, does it count as a fight scene if it's just loads of people shooting bullets at Bigfoot? Not really a fighter so much. Not as really a, a fight. Line. Good action scene, though, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, great action scene. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Bulletproof probably had a good fight scene, didn't it? Yeah, we loved the one, the shootout yes. at the end of Bulletproof was good too. Yeah, I like that. I like the fight scene in That's My Boy. Do you remember um, <laughs> in Bulletproof, Adam Sandler was just like, don't trust her, she's a bitch. Yeah, this is, she's a horrible bitch. She's a fucking bitch. She's a fucking liar. It's <laughs> so dark. Oh, Monsters. when are we going to... When are we going to rewatch all of them? Because I can't really remember them that well. I know this little trip down memory lane is making me uh, really nostalgic. Miss the, the big days of Transformania and Bulletproof and Strange Wilderness. I think we should watch ten at a time, and that should be our next like ten episodes. Oh, just recap all of them. Well, if we ever do our twenty-four hour streamathon, we'd definitely we'll have to rewatch some of them. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, there you go. That's, that's everything, isn't it? What a special episode. Best of luck to Brendan Fraser at the uh, Oscars. And yeah, the good luck. Awards. Good luck, Brendan. Um, Can't wait to actually watch the film. <laughs> I'm really rooting for him to win for a film I've not seen. Imagine, imagine if it. you don't like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so there you have it. We've watched some interviews and put them into our Sandler castle, uh, which used to just have films and TV, but now has online interview interviews. videos uh, yeah. for some reason. And it also has a new resident in the form of the Encino Man. Something I never thought we'd be saying after watching Paul Shore's death. <laughs> I can't believe that's in the castle. <laughs> yeah, we've let the Encino man in. We've let um, Paulie Shore in. There goes all of our all of our credibility. <laughs> we've succumbed to the charm of Mr. Shaw. Well, thank you for listening. Give us yeah. five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this rambling about a film yeah. no one's bothered about anymore. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us thesandlerpit at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at the Sandler Pit. What are we doing next time? So next time on the Sandler Pit, we will be watching a little film called Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Billy Madison, yeah. Have you heard of this one? Um, no. Is this one of his early ones or something? Yeah, I think it was lost for ages and they've just recovered it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Is it the films? same ones that did the 1911 Pinocchio film? <laughs> just like the 1911 <laughs> Pinocchio film. That's a reference to Real Boys, our other podcast. Yeah. Go listen to Real Boys. Uh, follow us on all podcast yeah. sites. Yeah. Um, so, Billy Madison... We've been avoiding doing the two big ones. We wanted to leave them till late in the game because we kind of watched all the other popular ones in like the first 20 episodes and then we did <laughs> oh, that was... Paulie Shaw films. And... That was so stupid how quickly we got through them. I think I said at the time, we're getting through these quite quickly and you were like, no, we need to keep striving. We need to keep going. And then I was like, oh. I think you and said, yeah, we're, we're doing all the big ones. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Maybe we should do a small one next week, like Big Daddy. <laughs> 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 but yeah i'm excited to watch this one i I love billy madison and i know that you're not that keen on it um i, I don't i wouldn't say i'm not that keen i've just uh I, I never grew up on it so i'm not i've watched it one time kind of in the middle of lockdown and was like oh it's all right but i'm quite excited to revisit it i'm very watched, excited actually the last time i watched it was before we did our podcast and it was when i went to new york with my um 
at the time girlfriend to wow <laughs> yeah we watched oh it right so, yeah, we in our like, hotel shut up <laughs> like a couple of nights before I, <laughs> I proposed i think like the day we got there we were really jet lagged we like went to five guys and just got a burger and then took it back to our hotel and billy madison was on i was like yeah we've come all the way around the world to do this <laughs> oh that's really nice actually it's that's cute, quite, yeah that's it nice very cute Oh, well, that's going to be lovely revisiting that. And you can watch it with your wife, and I will watch it um, alone. In the, in like a you can baby. hold your Adam Sandler pillow, talk about how much our <laughs> lives have changed since the last time we watched that film. <laughs> Goodness gracious. But yeah, that will be really fun. I'm glad that we're finally watching this one. It'll be nice to just watch like a classic Adam Sandler film. Yeah, I mean, we have gone a little bit off the rails of our original concept, haven't we? Mm. I, I don't know. Norm of the North was... We're going to have a Sandler scale. Fine. We're going to do an intro, and then we're going to have a break, and then we're going to watch it and then review it. We're going to have a Sandler scale with all mm-hmm. the tropes. It's going to be a traditional episode. I can't wait. It's a reboot. We're going back to basics. Back to basics. We need this. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, we need this. It's going to be good. All right, well, we'll see you then when we're back to watch Billy Madison. Yeah, we'll see you then. Thank you. Again, to Joe Tyrone for doing all the music for this podcast. Thank you to Luke Thomas for your illustrations. Thank you. And thank you for Luke Terry for all your editing and trailers. Uh, They're always great. Thank you for listening to this big episode about our Golden Sandmans and Brendan Fraser. And until next time, it's been a very happy Sandler from me and a very happy Sandler from him. Oh, quick wheeze in the juice, man. I'm just trying to grind (laughs) and enjoy my flamage, man. Luke's chilling and grinding. (laughs) Yeah. Today, buddy, we're going to discuss grindage. How to fill the furnace, pack the cheeks, and stuff the gills. Okay?